You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is a guy that I actually met while hunting doves on public land here in Missouri. Now, it's not very often that you make great friends while you're hunting public land. You know, you're upset at the guys because they're sky blasting at things or they took your honey hole or they're just doing something wrong. Um, But Luther and I kind of hit it off after hunting the morning, um, just hearing a little bit more of his story and now reconnecting for this episode. I'm pretty excited. We're going to chat all about his early season success. He and I both shot bucks earlier than we ever have in the year. We both did it with a bow, both from a saddle setup, and uh, we're going to hear all about that as well as him getting his family out there and how that's looked so far. So I'm excited. Let's jump in. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Luther Roten. And Luther and I met, let's see, was it two years ago or was it last year? In yeah, the two dub years two years ago. Dang, that's, oh yeah, because this season I didn't even get out. I was out of town. I haven't missed a dove season in forever, but they said it was pretty rough. I there was I saw two birds the first day. Oh my yeah. gosh. It is that's, terrible. That's crazy because normally that spot is just killer. Um, but yeah, we we just ran into each other because you were set up in this tiny little strip of sunflowers <laughs> right in front of us, and we're like, dude, that guy's killing all the like he has all the close shots on birds, and you turned around, and you're like, Hey, there's more room in here for you guys if you want. And I was like, Absolutely. And of course, we came in a little bit too late. If we had done that in the morning, we would have had a lot more. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think we were I was I was standing there. It seemed like the does were flying on both sides of us, but I always had a shot at all of them. You guys are getting like 20% of the shots. So. <laughs> it kind of worked out. At least you were piling them up. Like if you were up there just shooting at everything and nothing was dropping, I would have been like, really? Come on, this sucks. But no, you were, yeah. you were killing it. Um, but yeah, we met up, we met up out there, public land and, uh, you were super cool. There were some other guys out there, maybe not as much, but, uh, yeah. after that, we're like, we just sat in BS for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's how we know each other. But for the listeners who don't know you, 
would you mind giving a brief intro of yourself, uh, maybe hunting history, what you like to do now? Sure. So I kind of just grew up doing it like, you know, yourself, a lot of other people did, um, was raised on a farm and it was just kind of tradition to go, you know, we did a little different back then, you know, go with our grandparents and pull out and park our truck in the woods and sit on the, sit in the bed and wait for them to come out and drink coffee. But <laughs> you kind of grow in advance and, um, I mean, just kind of excelled in everything. I just, I like hunting everything. There's nothing that I won't go out and do and, or try to learn if I've not done something, I'm very interested in learning it. So yeah, I actually wasn't even much of a dove hunter until eight or nine years ago. And then, I mean, I just started eating it up and then I got, got down the rabbit hole of, of, uh, how to shoot a shotgun and what lead and more lead and some lead and everything was. So, yep. um, just obsessive. I'm pretty sure it's in our DNA. Um, now I'm pretty much just work all the time and, uh, raising the family, man. Nice. Awesome. Yep. Two sons, a daughter married. It's great. Dude. That's so sweet. Busy. Busy. Yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> yeah. biggest thing like hunting and having a family, like the mm -hmm. challenge of that and balancing it and figuring out, you know, how much time do yeah. I spend? How much time do I not? And I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, the better husband and father you are when you're at home the more likely oh, yeah. you're going to get to go go out uh, reap, when you, you reap what you sow 100 percent. and so my oldest son he's 12 uh, my bonus son and so he started getting into hunting pretty about a couple of years ago old enough to go so that helps yeah um, keeps both of us outdoors he gets to learn the craft and the trade and and those i don't know those woodsmanship skills and then my wife actually two nights ago killed her first deer with a bow so nice um, kind of getting the family mixed into it and, and now it's a everybody else is hunting and i try to back out a little bit yeah so, yeah it's a lot dude of fun, that's though. so cool that she just got one i'm actually after this podcast i'm taking my wife to the archery shop yeah. because i miss her birthday every single year for elk season and so oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's always fun. The nice thing is she doesn't really do a lot for her birthday. Like I planned yeah. something one year for her and everyone's like at this restaurant waiting. We've got balloons, we've got all kinds of stuff. And later on, she's like, you know, I really just kind of wanted to hang out at the house, yeah. and like chill out and watch Netflix <laughs> or something. And I was like, really? Of course. But yeah, yeah every I can, year I can do I'm, that too. Yeah. I yeah. feel like, I feel like we just are never around for one another's birthdays. And so uh, sure. this year I, I went out elk hunting and now she, she's been talking for like a couple weeks. She used to shoot bow at this archery league. Like, I mean, very intro level. She was sure. trying to figure it out. It was like an all women's night out in Colorado, but she's like, man, I want a bow. So I'm taking her to the bow shop after this podcast, she's going to get a bow. And I was like, babe, you could kill a buck during rifle season and again in archery. And she's like, wait, what are you kidding me? She's never killed yeah. one. She's killed a doe during rifle season a couple of years back, but that's it. Oh, that's awesome. Like yeah. it's, it's totally different. And from what we just experienced a couple of nights ago, it's, it was a, a lot of different emotions in what she actually expected after she actually, you know, pulled the trigger. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not shooting a rifle. Um, no. and it's not, it's not harvesting an animal with a rifle. It's, it's very personal. So, and for a mom, that's a totally different ball game. Um, I, I oh, don't yeah. care who you are. You're genetically wired to, to have more empathy and, uh, it just hits different. So, but that's great. That's great. Where are you guys at right now? Are you guys on the road right now? Or are you back home? No. So we're in Springfield. Yeah. We're in yeah. Springfield for 
Uh, we'll head out Wednesday or Thursday of next week, uh, okay. going up to Wisconsin for rifle. So we'll have like five days to hunt. We'll probably hunt Saturday through Wednesday and then okay. head up to Wisconsin. And my, my son is six. And so he's okay. super excited right before this. I was like, all right, bud, here we go. And I pull up the here and I'm like, all right, show me where you have to shoot it. And he points to it. And I'm like, okay, now if we're sitting there, how, how loud can we talk? And he's like, this loud, dad, this loud. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. perfect, bud. And so we're working yeah. on everything. Hopefully I can get him one down here. And then my daughter, she's four and she's like, can I go out? And she's like as big as my son is. And I was like, okay, well, you can't do it here. But in Wisconsin, there's no age requirements at all. So really? I was like, honestly, I could probably get the rifle. Like, I, I'm just going to use the AR because everything we shoot there is at like 75 yards tops. We're in the woods. Yeah. But I'm like, I could get her set up and mm-hmm. potentially get her a deer. I was like, if everyone in my family shot a deer this year, I'd feel like the most accomplished dad and husband ever. Oh, you'd be, you'd be on cloud nine and so would they. Yeah. So absolutely. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's coming right up. I mean, I've just walked inside from building a platform for a blind that I bought for family use because yeah, I got a two, I got a two year old, so he's coming up and yeah, um, it's six foot wide and six foot tall and just got a lot of space. So we're trying to make it to where it's a little more family friendly. So yeah, that's not cool. as intense as you and I get into it with. But <laughs> a, a saddle like the other night, the saddle made it so much so easy. You can turn any set that you have into a double. Yep. So if you have sets that are permanently out there, you can take your kid up, you know, have them on the lifeline, have them harnessed, put them in that stand, and then you can just hang and bang right behind them. Yep. So uh, it it creates way more opportunities than what I ever even expected it to be. Yeah. So see, that's what that's what I'm excited about because you and I both switched to saddles, <laughs> and we've had success already this year, and we're going to dive into those stories, but the the saddle system just opens up a whole new level of opportunity for movement like to get into a tree in a quick amount of time because i used to hate having to set up like ladder stands there's no way to get up in the tree quietly if Uh you're having to set a ladder stand up or even a hang on um screwing in pegs or whatever but now i'm like it's going to be really easy all i have to do is hook the hook the platform stand or the hang on stand behind me and i can climb up the tree, hang that on, have them follow me up or go before me. And then mm-hmm. we can do a double set really easy without carrying two stands in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, you kind of want, so it was her first time hunting. It was the first deer she'd ever drawn back on. And it was, it, it all worked out and she killed a deer at like four forty-five in the afternoon. So we had an hour and a half of day left. I mean, this never happens. I've never, I've never pulled a deer out with daylight, maybe two or three times, unless yeah. it was the next morning, and it all just worked out. And I was like, okay, if this is the luck that it's going to bring, I'm not getting back in a regular stand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it at all. So, dang, that's, that's sweet. That's did she, fun. did she have a saddle set up too? Then, uh, no, she. We just had a uh, another. I think it's like a lone wolf set up with some um real tree quick steps that i put up last year under in like a little cedar thicket that was adjacent to so to the north was two big oak trees okay and i mean it's just it's just one of those feed trees that you know deer are going to come to um 
you can pretty well hunt it in any wind because deer come from all directions. So you're going to bump some of them, but I mean, the others are still going to come through. So, um, it just works out really well and it already being set up and I'd already been in it this year just to test it. So I was comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, the wind did the opposite of what it was supposed to, and we still killed a deer. So Dang. yeah, you know, everything worked out. <laughs> See, I, I love when, I love when things don't work out as far as wind go or as far as weather. And then it still happens because I just, at the end of the day, I feel like as hunters, we complicate things a lot. And oh, even, yeah. even in that, uh, at elk camp, like that final day, getting guys on these two, um, bulls, yeah. we got set up and the wind was blowing straight at them. I mean, like as dead on at them as it could. And it was like 30 miles an hour when we first got there, they just didn't seem to care at all. And I'm like, yeah, see, as hunters, we're always like, Oh dude, you got to do this, right. You got to do that. Right. You're like washing yeah. your stuff and scent free detergent some people are buying a separate washer and dryer for it yeah, and at yeah. the end of the day like anything you just, you, could happen out there you you can't kill them if you're going to worry about it the whole time you'll never yeah. you'll never take the next step into just saying screw it if you bump deer you bump deer dude that's you're gonna bump more deer than you kill yep. just get used to it yeah you know you're not you're not gonna have as many deer under you or within range that you bump ever in your life so go for it yeah you know even well, on, on private land or public land, go for it. Yeah. You just, if you're not out there trying, if you don't yep. feel confident, like yep. in my opinion, confidence is one of the best things you can do to prepare for deer hunting. Absolutely. Because if you go out there doubting it the whole time or worrying about mm -hmm. everything, you're, you're not going to be that good of a hunter. You know, if you're mm -hmm. thinking like, oh dude, I'm not going to see him. The weather's not right. The wind's not right. I'm not in the right tree. You're just not going to pay as close of attention as you would Absolutely. if you had the mindset of like, dude, it's about to happen. It could happen any second. Like I'm going to be on high alert. I'm going to be mm -hmm. in tune with the woods, what's going on. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a different ball game when you go into it with that mindset. Yeah. I mean the world, like the, the current world wants you just to be doubtful. Yep. But in whenever your natural instincts come out, that is not doubtful. If you'll just let your instincts roll, you're going to mess up. But if you, if you will let what your DNA says to do, all of the doubt just kind of falls away. But you have to be able to deal with failure because you're going to fail. Yeah. Yep. But you got to be okay with it. You can't be afraid of failure. You're going to fail. Just fail and learn and fail and learn. That's all hunting is, man. Yep. Yeah. See, I uh we can jump into the stories of our early sure. season success because you and i both killed deer earlier than we ever have this year yep. both in a saddle with a bow and i uh, on the whole subject of you know things are going to mess up it's yep. I, I went out there and i had just ordered a saddle system i had like two days to hunt when we were going to be passing back through springfield and I had pulled all my tree stands down so that I would force myself to get a saddle. Cause I was like, I know if I have tree stands up, I'm going to just go and sit in them. I'm not going to buy a saddle. And Push it was like, easy button. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, dude, I can't do it. So I literally pulled my tree stands down before I left knowing that I was going to be getting into a saddle in a hunting scenario for the first time, like in one mm -hmm. of my two days that I had to hunt. And so I hopped on Go Wild, ordered a bunch of stuff off there, saddle, sticks, platform, 
everything and I had never used it at all. Like luckily it came in right before we were on our way back and I was like, crap, I have to order this right now and see if I can get it shipped. (laughs) So I went and picked it up that day from the UPS store. I get out to the driveway of my hunting property. I unbox the sticks. I'm assembling sticks and the platform in the driveway thinking like, Okay, if there is a if there is a scent issue from the manufacturer, like it doesn't matter what my clothes smell like, they're gonna be like that smells like a factory. That's and right. uh, I assemble everything, hook it on my backpack, walk out to the woods, get, find a tree, and I'm like, dude, this looks like a great tree. I could see a path right underneath it, and I mm-hmm. had cameras out, but it doesn't tell you enough, you know. Like no matter how many cameras you have, it'll never give right. you all the information. But I could see coming from a bedding area to the field i was like this looks like a great spot getting a tree like five to ten yards into the woods Mm -hmm. and it took me forever to climb it i'm like all right this is new you know like trying to climb it with the saddle (laughs) strapping sticks as i'm climbing up it i was like a new language oh Yeah. yeah for real and so i finally get up in it and i'm like sweaty right i'm like dang that's a workout for my first time and get set up i'm like okay this is right this is wrong trying to adjust try to get comfortable Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that long after i hear these squirrels just going nuts in the woods and then they all scatter and i was like okay and so i listen for like five more seconds and i just hear heavy footsteps and i'm like that's a deer and I've got my I've, I've got that's a definitely bo- a deer. Oh yeah, I've got a bow hanger that's that my bow's hooked onto, and then I've got a GoPro on each side of it, one facing the beans, one facing me, because I'm yeah. thinking for sure I'm going to get a shot into the beans. Sure. I had seen one of my target bucks on camera during daylight twice that week, because I had I've got cellular cameras out this year, and I'm Same. like, dude, I like it could happen, it mm-hmm. might not, but it definitely could. Yep. And so I'm like thinking, okay, it's going to be that direction. It's going to be that direction. And I hear it behind me in the woods and I'm like, shoot, man. So I slowly turn and I just see a rack coming through and I'm like, I'm shooting this buck right now. And oh yeah. I grab my bow. <laughs> I grab my bow. Cause Without I had that doubt. night. I had that night and the next morning to hunt and that was it. And so I was like, that was going to be my whole early season archery. Um, yeah. And so I grab my bow and I get turned around and all of a sudden I see another rack and another rack and another rack. And there's like four bucks coming through the woods straight towards me. The front one is at 19.6 yards and he's head, he's facing straight on, but he's feeding. And so I'm like, okay, I had two shooting windows, one to his right, one to his left. So if he turned either way, I could shoot him. Yep. Or if he just picked his head up, I could just do a front on shot which I've done inside of 20 yards before. And it's been very effective. Luckily I oh, haven't yeah. lost anything from that. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to get drawn, drawn back. He's going to lift his head up. He's going to turn left. He's going to turn right. No matter what, I've got a shot. Yep. I draw back. Sure enough. He just slowly turns to his left to my right open window at 19 and a half. Boom. Smoke him. And I'm like, I can't believe this just happened. What, like, what is going on? And he runs 10 yards and he gets 10 yards away from where I shot him and he just stops broadside. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, he's just standing there, not like stumbling, not tipsy, but I can see blood coming out right behind his shoulder. 
but after two minutes, I was like, I'm going to knock another arrow. I don't have a clean shot right here, but I've got a saddle system. I'm going to swing around the tree, lean way back and get another shot. And so I did lean back, quartering away shot, put it through the back of his ribs. I watch him run out into the woods and, and tip over or into the field and tip over. And I was like, dude, had I not had that saddle system, I would have never got the second shot. I may have not had the first shot because it would have been like leaning off the side of my stand completely turned around hopefully getting drawn back even though the tree was right there and so after that i was like dude i will never go back to anything but a saddle system with the uh saddle i mean you can get in and hunt really aggressively or move them while you're hunting and never never bump anything but that's awesome that's great a day and a half essentially to hunt and that's that's what you got to play with (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. So, so I called my buddy Drew who we were planning on hunting together that night and he couldn't. And I was like, dude, just smoked a big one. And he's like, you're kidding me. And I was like, no, I, I, I'm serious. I just videoed it going down out in the field. And so back to the GoPros, I had, I had uh, a wrist remote on to hit, like to turn the GoPros on. And so when he came in, I was like, dude, I'm not going to be like fumbling with them trying to hit record. So I just pushed the button on my wrist, shoot him turns out my gopros were in sleep mode like they they auto go to sleep after a certain amount of time got nothing on video aside from him out in the field (laughs) spinning in circles i'm like you gotta be kidding me um but yeah call call all my buddies call my wife i'm videoing it like walking up to it and so pumped and uh my buddy's like, dude, so are we going back out in the morning? I'm like, well, this is the only buck I can shoot, but I'll gladly go out. And, you know, if we see does, I'll shoot a doe. So we go back out, sit in the exact same tree. I wish I knew we were doing that because I would have left my sticks up there and made it easier for right. me. <laughs> Instead but, uh, of doing the climb again. <laughs> yeah. So we get it's up in the same though. tree. Oh, yeah, it, it really is. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it I'll is. just force myself to do that every time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I get up in the same tree have six does coming across the field straight to us next morning, smoke a doe. I was like, dude, (laughs) this is the greatest year of my life. So technically (laughs) with tags in my pocket, I am Uh three for three on big game. I killed a buck night one, a doe the second morning, first day elk hunting, shot a bull elk. And I'm like, this is the greatest... I, I'm not even going to take weeks off. I'm not going to go out there like day after day. I'm just going to plan one day per hunt. <laughs> That'd be fine. No vacation. Yeah. Just do it, do it on Saturdays. You can do all the work on Sunday and then go back to work on Monday. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> if only easy. it worked out that way. Yeah. I easy. tell everybody, I'm like, easy. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> there's nothing to it. Everyone puts all this time in. No, I, I know that I'll never have another year like this. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, <clears throat> that's, that's awesome. It's very similar to how our years go. And it seems like, uh, I mean, a couple weeks ago during youth season, I got my son one. Um, he shot it from 300 yards. And then my wife the other night with her bow, the first time she went out, killed one. And I think um, like really similar to yours, but so I've been, I've been saddle hunting for a couple of years now. It's about two, three years, almost three years now. Um, okay. So climbing that first three, <clears throat> that first tree and like trying to figure out, man, I know I've got what I need, but what do I need? Like, how do I make this fit me better? 
yeah. you know, you can modify and do all those little things. So, um, oh, I definitely know that struggle. And you get up the first tree and you're like, oh, this is way too much work. I'm not doing this ever again. And <laughs> well, all it takes is one hunt with the versatility of what you actually get to do out of that thing. And you're like, okay, I'm modifying all my stuff to saddle hunt with. Yeah. Like even like just in the saddle itself, like the way they build the Molly systems, you can throw your um, twist bands through the D loops and then you tie your sticks off on your hips yep. and then, or you tie your saddle off on your hips or you build two step aiders. You know, I carry two sticks and two, two step aiders. Oh, nice. um, I built a, a, it's easy to build too. I mean, anybody who says you want 30 bucks for this stuff, you can literally build it for four or $5 maybe. Dang. And it's just a little bit of uh, YouTube's amazing. You can do anything with YouTube. YouTube Academy, <laughs> man. Who needs yeah. college anymore? Absolutely. You know, and Am of Steel is extremely, extremely strong. Um, and that's all of my stuff is now modified. The, the trophy that, or the, not the, yeah, the saddle that I bought, trophy line saddle that I bought, I actually cut it to pieces because it didn't, I didn't like the way that it fit for me, but I figured all of them are going to have some flaws. So I'm just going to modify this one. And yeah. every modification I took of it, I took photos of it and I sent it in. I said, Hey, I know this voids of manufacturer's warranty. I just wanted to give you a heads up that this is what I went with. And this year they came out with that, with the exact model of what the modifications I made, but they made it better. I mean, they made it way better. It's way lighter. Um, but like much like your hunt, I've had limited time this year just with kids. You know, my son was in football. Now he's in basketball. They have uh, violin and piano and then they had soccer and all these things going on, but I've got an amazing wife, much like you. So, yeah, uh, handles a lot and never, she, she knew it whenever she married me, she knew it, you like much like yours did. Like I'm going to be in the woods if I can. Yeah. And I need that to be well known up front. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good it's, not to spring that. Yeah. On them. yeah. If you're going to hand me something that we're getting divorced, this cannot be the reason why, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if that ever comes up, you can't say it's from hunting. Yeah. And, um, I mean, whenever it's a nice day outside, she's like, you need to leave, go get in the woods and like nice morning, stuff like that. So, I tried to focus that on the beginning of the season because we had, we were going to be so busy even like rolling into the holidays or with sports that are getting ready to come up and close out. So try to focus um, Saturdays and Sundays, basically one evening, one morning, one evening a week, just to see if I could. And then let the trail cameras tell me what was going on throughout the week. If I could make time in between work, I'd try to go. Um, I think I only actually went three times. No, three times in this spot. Um, so the way the, the ground sets up is you come in, you come in on the top on like a real long plateau and then it just ridge banks down into a long bottom with a Creek in between the ridge and the bottom. Oh, nice. And, and right, right between that ridge and the bottom is a little flat and it is an acorn flat. There's Oaks all over it. And, I had never really like dived in there that far because I was just never that aggressive and never comfortable. Like, Oh, I'm going to have to pack a stick and stands like 400 yards through this thick, thick stuff first. And then it opens up into this bottom. Cause it's like thick bedding up on top of this plateau. And then you drop off the shelf off of this Ridge. Like, so it's right at, it's right at 60 foot drop. And then, and it's pretty quick. And then down underneath, it's like, 
it's open timber all oaks you could shoot 80 yards oh in there in gosh. some spots yeah and just so did you stem- start with clear ground and make the like just manufacture the exact hunting property you wanted because that sounds like <laughs> nope. a dream for whitetail hunting oh it's amazing no and it was it's just it's it's been a family farm for a long time i've never actually hunted it before like this from this side because it's always been something that, like oh i'm afraid to go in there i'm going to bump deer like they're not yeah. going to come back they're not going to come back if i go in there and i was like screw it i'm set up i'm ready to go i've got two years worth of modifications on this thing i run a a uh what's a little water camelback backpack oh yeah but it's a military version so it's got molly on the outside nice so i strap my sticks my platform up to it and whenever i get to the tree drop those off hook my sticks up and then just roll with my platform and i've got water all the time and it's like i carry nothing with me besides that no extra maybe a knife but so the first time i went in after my i i I knew these bucks were in there i got some pictures on them um on cell cameras so it was a matter of just trying to time the wind of it and there's six or seven bucks showing up on camera two of them that i really would go after and then the rest would love to see get another year two years three years yeah but the way this place sets up it's it's a total gauntlet these bucks are going to get shot by the neighbors so if you see oh, yeah. one you gotta you gotta really weigh your weigh your odds <laughs> dude i always have my parameters set up yeah. and then i see deer come through and i'm like yeah do i really care yeah. that much like nope. Nope. i might just I'm shoot that him. deer <laughs> yeah it's all different whenever it's right there yeah yeah but and i mean hey to to anybody else's credit those are deer that i'd shoot too if they got old enough great if not if he walked by me right now eh, i'm gonna kill him (laughs) i definitely have a chance at him now i might not next year but we'll see that's exactly right so um so the first time i go in I, i get to the i walk on this plateau and i get to the top of this ridge and i just sit down on my butt and I just sit there and wait. <clears throat> and it wasn't four minutes, five minutes later, I just start hearing deer crunching on acorns, crunching on acorns. I'm like, okay. So I got a wind at my face. I know I'm good. They're all in front of me. But I know kind of where these bucks, I think, are kind of hitting their transition line. I've got cameras about 200 yards from each other. So it's all about how you time that up. But I just kind of rolled back around away from I saw that they were does. I rolled back away from them, got out of their visual, came back up the plateau down to a, a bowl that is on the end of that ridge. So it creates just a natural, a natural dropping funnel. And I drop down in it and I pick a tree out that I want to be in. And I throw my first stick in and I hook my two eighters up and I climb up the first stick and I just kind of stop and I look around and I look to my left He's bedded under my old stand, like my permanent set. Oh my gosh. He's sitting there staring at me. <laughs> he never busted nothing. All I see is just, and he's just a big heavy buck, you know, scored like 135. He's could have, could have scored 120. I wouldn't have cared. I was killing yeah. him if I could see him. Yep. And I was like, well, that's awesome. Uh, let's see how this plays out. So I just stood there for a while and he just kind of like meandered off. I mean, all he knew is I was something going up a tree. He never got my wind, nothing. It was actually two days later, I go back in in the morning. Now that was an evening sit. So he goes off and I'm like, okay, I'm getting out. 
So I just took my stick, got back to the truck, didn't come back in after he walked off. And a couple days later, it was the first real cold front. If you remember, it got down to like 45, 46 at night. Um, And that's October 2nd, that Sunday morning. It was like 48, 49, whenever I was walking to the stand. And it was dead quiet. And I just told you about everything that you walk through to get to where you need to. I sounded like a herd of buffalo and I was going as <laughs> slow and quiet as I possibly could, <clears throat> but at least I didn't have a stand on my back rattling everything and breaking everything off. Yeah. So I pick a tree further back this time instead of getting all the way down in there. So I'm mid-level this slope, um, the ridge that goes down to it, there's trees that are coming up all the way down through it. And luckily with the way that that canopy works, all the trees are very straight. They're all fighting for sun up top. There's a lot of cover, but and there's a little undergrowth, but not much. And I just climb, I drop about halfway down in this bowl, right on the point of the ridge and where the bowl starts. And so I climb up that tree and I've still got a pretty good wind for what I wanted or what I thought I wanted, but I was wrong. And this is, I mean, this is where you try to guess, but you're wrong. Like we talked about. And I get all set up. It did not take very long at all. I was in there at least an hour before shooting light just to be ready for it. And it was really cool. The only thing I could really hear was the Creek running in front of me, which is amazing to hear that at, because you can sleep in a saddle, man. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, just kind of kick back, just lay up against that tree and give it a hug, man, and just take a nap. So I was actually, I took a nap. I just laid back in it, went to sleep, woke up, kind of getting to where I could see. Um, so I stood up and a little, little time passed. And there was two deer behind me and I had the wind in my face. And I could see them. There were a little buck and a little doe. And they were just picking acorns. Never blew, nothing. I don't know if there was some kind of pulling thermal up, which is all I can credit to, um, which would make sense, but the sun wasn't up yet. So I'm not sure what happened. I think I was just, you know, somebody's looking out for me. Yeah. And I, I eventually one of them got really close. So I just was like, started waving my hands back and forth and trying to run him off. And he finally ran off and, I started hearing something that I thought was squirrels, you know, that, that normal, like, okay, all right, this is just squirrels. Yeah. This is, you, I know this you, you mentally prepare yourself. <laughs> like, Don't get excited. It's just Absolutely. freaking squirrels again. Yeah. Yeah. It's that Booner squirrel. And I look over my left <laughs> and it's, it's one of the, it's one of the bucks that I've got on camera and he's about 90 yards, but he's in some much thicker than what this little opening is. And I could tell which one it was. I was like, man, that's one of those that I wanted to get a year older, but if he comes over here, I'm pretty sure he's done aging. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do everything he's on the I downhill. Can. I better take him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he looks like he's getting too old. Yeah. And so I was just sitting here watching him and I hear some, hear something in the water, uh, in the Creek, like straight, straight, like dead South. And this other buck is, I mean, immediately East of me about 90 yards and the Creek is 30 yards in front of me dead South. And I hear splash and I'm like, that's a big splash. Like that's a deer coming out. Not I a look squirrel. Over <laughs> look over there. It's four otters. And oh I can't. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I, I'm done guessing whenever I hear a sound. I'm just going to look. I'm not going to act like I know what it is. Not, you know, 
it's just not my thing. I'll go with my eyes. Yeah. And so I take, and I watched them for a little while, which is really cool. If you've ever watched otters play, they are, they play. They I've seen like a bunch of five-year-olds play. I saw, I saw one in the tiniest Creek <clears throat> Turkey hunting this year. I, yeah. and same thing. I hear splashing and I'm like, what the, what is splashing? Like that's loud. Uh-huh. And I look over and there's this giant otter swimming yeah. up the shallow, like one foot deep. And yeah, it was the weirdest thing, man. I never expected that. Until you see them, like you don't realize how big they can actually yeah. get. They're huge, like four feet, five feet long. It seems yep. like. Or oh these yeah. Were, I mean, it could have been twenty feet long for all I care. They were making so much noise. That's and cool. It, it never busted him. He didn't think twice about it. He just kept grazing on acorns over there. And seems like this year, bur oaks were kind of their first target source yep. of acorn. Um. So I looked back over and I was just watching him for a little bit. I was like okay, he's kind of working back this way. Then I hear splashing again. And I'm like, okay, stupid otters. So I just kind of turn over and look. Nope. It's that buck that I that that I knew was down here. It's the other one. He <laughs> oh, came from man. the field, jumped into the creek, and made a pile of noise just like those otters did. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm shooting him if he gets up here. And so I, first off, just he was on the right-hand side of the tree. Of course, in a saddle, you face the tree. Yep. And – I had my bow hung up on the left, so had to get my bow over my bridge and across and then get turned. And I got turned. As soon as I got everything situated over there, I just started ranging, get me some points. And the tree, I actually put a camera on that crossing not too long before that, and they'd never taken that crossing. They'd always taken the one that was further east. Yeah. For some reason today, straight up in that crossing and – He's he's walking right at me, much like what you were saying. You're like, okay, how do I take this shot? But he stops at 30 yards and he starts broadside and starts heading west. And he, he moves about about five yards and he just stops and he's just slowly like grazing, completely relaxed. The wind at this point had shifted and it was coming from my back over my head. And he's right in front of me. Oh my god. And I'm gosh. just the only thing I can credit to is that, like, over the top of a ridge, you're going to get that um, truck bed swirl. Yep. So it came over and dropped, and it was coming right back up. So it never actually got to him. That's the only thing I can credit that to is getting lucky again. Yeah. And so he stops heading west, and within, like, four seconds, he's headed straight at me. And I'm now having to decide – what kind of shot am I taking? Cause he's not stopping. Yeah. And he's not stopping. And he's not stopping. I was like, man, I'm just going to have to draw at this point. He is, um, he's four yards from the tree heading, <laughs> heading up to me, up the, up the slope and almost looks like he's looking right at me. And then he stops and he puts his head down and he ha- he has his right foot short forward. His right foot just was forward. So it opened everything up back there. Yeah. And he put his head down. And I would never take this shot, but I watched Bill Winky do it twice. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And and just right between his shoulders, straight down. Um I couldn't have got any better placement. And I'm not sure how. Like by the time I drew back, and I haven't I'm not much of a shaker before the shot, but this is a completely different rush. 
Uh, yeah. Just being in a saddle is a totally different deal. Well, and at and, four yards. I mean, like. Oh, yeah. That's there's, the, there's a really the closest big difference. I've ever killed. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's such a big difference. And people, I mean, like, it's a rush when you shoot anything at any distance. But there's a big difference between shooting something at 600 yards with a rifle to even a yep. hundred yards with a rifle, then you drop down to like maybe 40 yards with a bow. That's a whole new ball game. But when you right. can like drop <laughs> a knife on them <laughs> mm-hmm. there, I mean, there's nothing else like it. You have to be 100% yeah. predator mode. Like every movement counts, yep. your breathing counts every, I mean, dude, I you love f- that feeling. You, f- you feel like everything you're doing is so loud. Like, mm-hmm. You're breathing. You're like, okay, don't breathe. Like I can hear me. Or your my beard like brushes against your jacket. You're like, that was. Little, it sounded like, like a bag oh. of sun chips. Oh yeah. What are you eating? Bolts. You know. It's <laughs> like, it's. But that's all real. Everything is so so exponentiated. And I thought he was gonna see me, and then he just stopped and he started eating acorns right underneath that tree. Oh my god. And I was like, I was like, okay, it's now or never. I drew and shot within. I I'll guarantee i wasn't drawn back for two and a half three seconds oh my goodness because all of my pins were in the right spot i was like i don't know which one to look at (laughs) (laughs) just put it on your 70 yard pin or your five yard pin it's all gonna hit the same place you're good just just straight down shot and with the way the shot happened um it went right right through him and he just kind of fell back stood back up and i mean I could just see the pass through hole and he was just, he was draining. He was just draining out and he just fell over. I mean, he, oh he wasn't from getting shot to um, finally passing wasn't 30 seconds. He was out Jeez. of, out of blood and never moved again. That's yeah. so amazing. Shortest, shortest track drop I've ever had with a bow in my life. <laughs> it was great. Oh dude. That yep. is so sweet. That. I will say when you said you had to pass your bow over <clears throat> the bridge, I had the exact same thing. And you do, I mean, every, everything you do, you feel like you're making a ton of noise and every movement seems like you're, you're a marching band out there, like stomping, Mm -hmm. like just moving so much. I had to pass my bow from the left side of the tree because Mm -hmm. I was expecting them to be in front of me or like to have a left hand shot. And it turns out they come from behind me and to my right so now i'm shooting at like 90 degrees to my right and again first time ever in the saddle i'm not thinking as i'm like climbing up like oh i might have to take the bow over my bridge turn 90 degrees i don't have a big platform so i'm basically just balancing and letting the weight of the Mm -hmm. or letting this my weight hold me close to the tree it was it's gnarly i mean but i i will not change back from a saddle ever again no and like the best thing to do, and I know you didn't have any time beforehand, just spend time with that, just spend time with that platform in a tree, even a foot off the ground. Yep. And just contort yourself in as many different angles as you can. Um, I never used to shoot a heavy draw weight bow this year. I changed, I shoot 80 pounds um, with like a five, uh, six, 15 grain total setup arrow. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that if I was in a stand. I mean, I was so much into precision shooting and now I'm like, I want to shoot them at 10 yards all the time. Now, do I even need a compound bow? Like I'm going to go get a recurve now. <laughs> yeah. You know, you kill you kill one that close. You're like, man, I wish I had a recurve. Yeah. I could, I, I could have done that. 
Maybe. Until until he comes in at fifty, and you're like, "Dang it!" You're just you're just a, you're just a shake box at that point. I watched yeah. a video the other day, and they did a timer on this guy. This deer comes in, and he draws back, and he was just waiting and waiting and waiting for it to get into an opening, and it like would walk through an opening and then stop behind cover, and it just did that over and over. He was, I think, it was like two and a half minutes that he was drawn back, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't even imagine. The, yeah. the nerves, like everything yeah. at that point. When it happens quick, I like when it happens the way it happens. Absolutely. Quick, where it's just like seconds, it's all instinct. You don't have to oh. think. You don't beat yes. yourself mentally and like second guess all the decisions you've made that day. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. like just take the thinking portion out of it and I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. And and I've like, and not, I don't know how you are. A lot of people say i won't shoot a deer over this range well i don't i don't like shooting deer under 40 yeah because so how many times have you been by a deer and they hear something that's close to them the first thing they do is duck and run yep but if they're 40 50 60 yards out if they hear like a branch or something break you know 40 50 yards away they just kind of stop and they turn they don't Mm -hmm. duck they don't just get out they just stop and they look and I'm 100% have had great, great scenarios with that and never a bad one when it comes yeah. to spining a deer. I've never spined a deer. I've got really lucky there. Um, but this is a, by far the closest deer that I'd ever killed because I'm very comfortable whenever they're 40, 50, 60, 70 yards out. Yeah. Does, doesn't bother me to shoot them out there because I know they're if they drop at all, with the way you shoot at that angle, your arrow is going to go under them almost it's coming every down. Time. Yeah, absolutely. You're not. You're not. You're not coming with so much force that you're going to spine or wound an animal. Yeah, you know. So this this was definitely a new thing for me, but the fastest hunt that I've ever experienced in my life, from seeing the deer to killing him, and then he's just right there. I, I backed the Tahoe to the creek. I got up went back to the truck, drove around to the other access and then just drove right down to the Creek, drug him through. And man, I was headed out. It was oh, great. That is yeah. so sweet. Yeah. yeah the, awesome. the whole like range in, in picking a range that you're comfortable <laughs> with. It's really funny because you talk to Western hunters and they're right. shooting antelope at like 85 yards with their bow. Right. And then you come here and people are like, man, I feel good to like 30, 35 yards. And I'm like, yeah. It, it, it's just weird to me, like, sure. why, why, in the Midwest and in the East, do we limit ourselves in our abilities? And I get the idea, like, obviously you you have to be confident shooting at a range. Like, don't just lob stuff, whether it's a bullet right. or an arrow. You have right. to you have to feel comfortable shooting at that distance. Spend but time with like, it. Yeah, All yeah. Right. You spend time doing it. You. The, the repetitions, it's not going to make you perfect, but it's going to make you better and more confident in right. doing. And doing it in multiple conditions. You know, yeah. some, some days are humid. Some days are dry. Some days there's winds. Some days it's cool. And some days it's warm. You know, there's, there's so many different things, but you, you've got to spend time. I shoot it. I'll, I'll shoot deer at, at 60 and 70 yards because I practice at a hundred and a hundred and ten. And like a 110 yard group on a pie plate for me. Okay. I'm good. Like yeah. that's, I'm not going to try to squeeze it any tighter than that. I'm not that precise, but 
that makes 60 feel like it's really bread and butter shot. at that point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is multiplied at that point. So anybody who wants to limit themselves is fine, but we also have to know everything's changing. Technology's advancing. These bows are made so quiet. Yep. They're so accurate. They're so deadly that if you spend time with anything and hone that craft, man, you're limitless up yep. to, up to what is actually fatal with a bow and arrow. Yeah. You know, so I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. And I mean, you got to know, you've got to know your equipment, you've got to know your abilities and you have to know the right. deer where you're at, you know, like yeah. if there's a deer that's on high alert, I, I hate the, oh. the 25 to like 35 yard window because they oh. hear something and they can drop so fast at that distance Yep. It, that like they'll duck your arrow. And I see a lot of videos where they're ducking arrows from that 25 mm-hmm. to 35 yard window. That's like the spot that I hate the most. Anything inside yep. of 20, they're not going to duck it fast enough. Like there's just right. no way. And right. uh, like, you know, if you're, if you're shooting at that bottom third of their body right behind the shoulder, and even if they drop, you're still going to do a double lung shot on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for some reason in the Midwest, everybody just kind of limits themselves to 40 yards. And, yeah. and okay. it, it's just so weird. Like it, right. the fact that you can shoot an antelope, which is a much smaller animal than a big oh, mature yeah. whitetail buck. And they're doing and it at 85, 90 yards. And yeah, their reflexes. I think they're the, I want to say they're like the third fastest land animal. Well, they're built to duck. They don't jump. Yeah. They, they, they cross under every fence they get to. They're yep. literally built to get their bellies on the ground. If there's ever an animal that's going to duck, that one's going to. Yeah, but people are comfortable shooting at those crazy distances. And right. I, I'm with you, man. I practice the, the spot that <clears throat> I, I used to shoot all the time. I would shoot anywhere from five yards to a hundred yards every mm-hmm. single day. Like I would do mm-hmm. it in five yard increments or 10 yard increments. Once I got mm-hmm. out there and I would put multiple, multiple arrows downrange from five all the way out to a hundred, because I wanted to feel confident and I'm not, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like 110 yards shooting a 60 yard feels like it's easy at that point when you're practicing at 110, but I still practice at that 60 at the 50 at the five at the 15 whatever and uh so so feeling comfortable out to that and again i'm not i'm not the guy that is just like i i know that i'm not gonna have a three inch group at 100 yards you know like if i'm hitting the side of that little target i'm happy with that i'm good with that yeah and like even even the um you seem very similar like i have to practice to be good at it. i'm not the guy that can just show up and do something well that's never been me i have to learn and i have to practice yeah 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 but i even aside from the hunting scenario i just like shooting long range man mm-hmm. there's something there's something fun about it to me like watching that arrow just lob out there and you're thinking like there's no way that this equipment so, is so cool that it I can see it and mid lob it's just going to hit the target yeah. and then it does and you're like I'm basically legless like oh, yeah <laughs> I could oh, I yeah. could shoot anything oh yeah man it's awesome doing that with lighted knocks like right at dusk yep. or dawn whatever whatever you want to do and shoot shoot that 100 110 yard shot and you go 
And then you just stop and you look and you watch that thing fly. You're like, you can oh, basically pull your binoculars <laughs> yeah. up and watch it impact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then whenever it hits where you want to, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. I'm, invinci- I'm invincible. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest feeling ever. It is. It is. What, what was it like for you shooting a, a buck that early? Because here in Missouri, we can shoot one during early archery season. And we can't shoot our second buck until basically the week before Thanksgiving when, when rifle season kicks off. So what was it like having that early of success and realizing like it's doe patrol from now on? Yeah. So you're probably like this. A lot of people maybe, um, when I get a, when I get zoned in on a buck, I don't care what time of the year it is during the season. It's like, if I get him early, great. If I get him in the rut, great. If I get him in on January 15th on the last day. So I got to spend the last, you know, month and a half um, focusing on getting, you know, getting my family in the, into the game, like yeah. really getting them into the game, like a real opportunity. You know, my buck, my uh, son killed his largest buck today is a little bit bigger than last year. And that was the goal, you know, yeah. but got to spend some time you know, scouting for him instead of, you know, selfishly going and hunting myself. So I, man, I, I just loved it. I loved, I loved hammering it down on one so early that it made everybody's definition of success is so much different, you know? Yeah. Um, but it made it easier to, to help others get that. My son, my wife, you know, we got rifle coming up. One of my, two of my buddies are, are coming in to hunt. And they, they want to kill four and a half year old deer more, you know, they're going to pass on, you know, they're selective hunters at that point. They're, yeah. they're hunting on, on land that we're all blessed to be able to hunt on, you know? So, so I, I've just loved having the opportunity to take my mind off of, off of me harvesting something, you know, instinctual, like I've got to go and do this, you know, but now I get to help somebody else do it and drive yeah. their success, you know? So, um, it's, it's really freed up my mind really. And That's opens cool. you up to like, okay, man, if I killed one in a saddle like that, where, where else can I do that? <laughs> like yeah. that was a, that was a thermal hub and you're not supposed to be able to hunt that. I want another one. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know? it's so funny because as hunters, we like want to make things as hard on ourselves as we can. And right. I don't, I don't know why it's like that. I don't know if it's just the challenge of it or what, but it's like we always want to make it harder and harder. Like if I can do it here, I can do it anywhere. Or like, yeah. oh, that was difficult. How do I make yeah. it more difficult? You know? Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. use a spear next year and see if I can yeah. spear one from the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah just... I had I had the buddy in from Kansas the other uh, a couple of weeks ago and he came in. Uh, and I took him out on one of our farms and we kind of walked it a little bit and we got done and he got to the top of one of the hills and he goes, I'm going to have to take a break. I'm a flatlander. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, man, it's totally different here. He's like, he's, he's like, I've not felt the same wind direction all day. I was yep. like, there is, there is no consistent wind here, man. Like you're hunting bowls, you're hunting ridges, you're hunting Creek crossings. Thermals are a huge thing. Um, those dark mountains are it's very much it's very much uh, thermal hunting and it's not just yeah. a western application uh we have enough undulation and enough like shear faces around here that um 
I think I think to challenge the Ozarks is go to Pennsylvania, go to West Virginia. Um, yep. But I would love to one day. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Oh man, there's so many that's... cool opportunities in the Midwest and out east, and hearing yeah. the different. Like, dude, people in Pennsylvania, in upstate New York, they mm-hmm. they actually walk down deer. Like, they'll wait for a snowstorm and follow tracks until they catch up with that deer. That's and awesome. I'm like, dude, there are so many cool things. Talk about a difficult I've hunt. never Imagine, heard of that. That's oh, great. Oh, dude, it's a huge thing. Like, they, they will legitimately wait until it's snowing. They'll start walking through the woods until they get on deer tracks, and then they will just walk until they catch up with that deer. And they do it with their bows. And I'm like, that's a different style of hunting. <laughs> like, that's it's a hard whole enough level. just to follow <laughs> a wounded deer, like following a blood trail and finding your deer. And they're oh doing it gosh. on deer that aren't even injured. <clears throat> yeah, that would wild, be a blast. That would be uh, fun. What do you have going on the rest of the season then? Because we've got next weekend. I mean, we've got, what, five days, six days before rifle season starts and then after that obviously archery continues till mid-january right so uh for us it's um so my wife got a deer my son's got a deer i've got a deer uh, i really never thought i would say that in a sentence uh <laughs> before rifle season yeah uh, so try to get some try to get some bucks down for my buddies um or help at least you know i love it i love a drag out i love a pack out yeah uh, just hearing the stories man it's great um uh, even putting them on them, you know, um, actually. So as far as the rest of year's plan, um, we shot rifles actually yesterday, speaking of long range, that's another thing that's really addictive, uh, uh, reloading your own rounds and trying to build the yep. perfect, the perfect spread for a rifle, uh, kind of jumped into that game, uh, the, about a year and a half ago now and, that's a rabbit hole that I shouldn't have gone down. I mean, it's so, it's it's so addictive. It is insanely (laughs) every, that's the problem with the outdoors. Everything is addicting. Like I haven't found anything where I'm like, Oh, that's stupid. Everything's like, okay, how do I do that? Wait, you mean I can make my own lures for fishing? I can tie my own flies. I can do this better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is everything's better. I mean, there's always the next thing. Yeah. Dude, I got, I got my first, big game kill on camera it wasn't mine but i i videoed uh for another guy i got him on an elk the second to last day of season and i got a video of the vapor trail all the way out to the elk man that was cool and i i I mean i hate talk about watching an arrow i know vapor trail is (laughs) you're watching a bullet that's traveling three thousand feet per second and you can see the air changing around it like that was awesome (laughs) except i i shouldn't be a podcaster in the sense that i hate listening to myself talk uh and so i won't listen to this one either no (laughs) i i i was watching the video back and i sound like an idiot because i'm like just talking through everything and so Mm -hmm. we watched that bullet go out hit it while it's bedded down it's still bedded down and then down the ridge the other guy shoots it because it's like out there like you just you shoot until that thing's dead you don't want to be tracking an elk around you keep through that kind of country and so like until it's i mean it was bedded down and it was going to die but it was just like no we're gonna make sure it dies quickly first of Mm -hmm. all 
just the ethics behind that. Uh, but anyways, then I hear, and I just see the head tip over and I'm like, this is the greatest 10 minutes (laughs) like I've ever gotten. I always buy this camera equipment. I always do all this crazy stuff. And I finally was able to get a video. So then we go back to the same spot the next morning and I'm like, dude, I'm going to get these guys on an elk. Sure enough, two bulls. I get out my spotter, get my phone scope attachment, reach for my phone. And I don't have my phone. And I'm well like, played. It, I would have had, I would have had three elk killed on camera in two days, and I totally left my phone on the charger in my tent. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was frustrating. But they should uh, have had a good battery power to get it done. <laughs> oh, I know that uh, feeling, man. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. Anytime, anytime film. We've done, we've done filming for a long time, and, um. I got to where I don't, I didn't even like being, I didn't like seeing myself a lot more than I did be on camera. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to where like, man, you can make a good YouTube video with as, as great as phones and GoPros are now like a GoPro hero eight and my phone. And I've got YouTube videos that are just GoPro, just GoPro or GoPro and phone. And they're solid. Yeah. And, pretty good audio pretty good picture um i can't stand the way i sound i think that's just in everybody's dna yeah but man i yeah yeah so the rest of the year i mean i'll probably break the camera out to be real honest with you and nice uh spend some time watching the screen and hopefully getting some getting some more bucks down and maybe get back out to get out to kansas i actually just got back from south dakota on a pheasant hunt um october 15th uh so that was, and that, that's that's probably my favorite game to get after. I like bird hunting. I mean, you've 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 sat there with me shooting at them. That's yeah. I spent a lot of time doing it. I like I like putting them down. Dude, the camaraderie with bird hunting is so much fun. And honestly, can, that's why yes, I've enjoyed yes. elk hunting as much as I have. Because I mean, yep. elk hunting is physical. But the fact that like we're riding our four wheelers and side by sides for an hour, like following this convoy, just getting covered yeah. in mud. And then we get up there and we're talking, get the game plan going. Yeah. And we're splitting off into groups of two or three or four and yeah. going after elk. And so like you get the big game aspect of it and the camaraderie of it. And yeah. so I really enjoy that, but dude, there's nothing like bird yeah. hunting, man. Bird hunting well, is just you so high pace. It is. It's, it's high pace. You're moving. You can get to know people. Like we were there with other hunters, no different than you and I, you know, meeting yeah. in the gauntlet. We were literally in the middle of the gauntlet. And by the end of it, you know, we, we knew a lot about each other just because we stood by each other to hunt birds for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, it's bird hunting does that. I think better than any actual hunting sport, unless you're rifle hunting big deer in a, in a sound closed in blind, you know, <laughs> kind of a condo style blind and uh, just really good to one catch up with with buddies make make new friends um and doing doing something everybody wants to do oh yeah, yeah. i 100 agree what do you got going on the rest of the year oh man i'm gonna so i'm gonna get my son out and my wife out mm-hmm. for rifle season here in missouri um we got a new okay. camera this year i mean I, I always like i said get this camera equipment and then i never do anything with it but now that the pressure yeah. is off of me i'm like i don't care if i shoot a deer with a rifle this year i'll go back yeah. out during archery season and try to get mm-hmm. one but i'm gonna i'm gonna be up there with the good camera <clears throat> with some gopros and hopefully get video of my wife and my son 
getting deer this year. My wife, she's hoping for her first buck. My son is just excited for anything that doesn't have spots. I mean, he's six. He's got no idea yeah. what he's about to experience. Um, yeah. And then same thing in Wisconsin. We'll go up there, and whoever doesn't get one here during rifle season will get tags for in Wisconsin. Uh, my son would be free. My daughter would be free. Even as non-residents up there, it's like an apprentice license, so they don't have to pay for it. They just have to be out with someone who's okay. old enough. Um, right. And so that's going to be basically my next three weeks is focusing on getting the other three members of my family on deer. And then, you know, if I've got extra time left over, I'll try to get one. And if not, I'll be after it during archery season. So that's great. Um, in Wisconsin, I'm hoping I'm hoping to get my Son of my wife went in Missouri because my nephew is going to be coming out with me this year. And uh, he's got straight A's. I told him I'd get him a rifle if he had straight A's, and he currently does. So he's got like seven oh, more days to keep that, and then he gets a rifle. Big follow through. Yep, I've got that. <laughs> I've already got that sitting here for him. And uh, and so he'll get his own rifle, hopefully get his first deer during Wisconsin's season. And then after that, dude, it, everything just opens up. I mean, bird hunting here, waterfowl in the south zone is mm-hmm. going to be opening up soon. Heading to mm-hmm. Texas for a waterfowl and sandhill crane hunt down there. Utah for oh, mountain lion. In the sky. I know, dude. Oh. Know. Yep, I'll be in Utah for mountain lion. I keep getting people like, dude, <clears throat> come up to South Dakota and pheasant hunt. Hey, come to Nebraska. We have really good late sure. season waterfowl um pigs down in florida i've got a guy who wants me to do python and iguana in florida which i'm like that'd be Mm -hmm. crazy i don't know about the python like they catch them i'm like no i just want to shoot them like i don't know that i want to be wrestling a python in the swamp yeah i think i'll watch yeah i'll be a watcher (laughs) i will get video and also be like at the highest point on the boat that i can (laughs) absolutely but yeah, 100% be a cameraman for that. Yeah. So, uh, but that's, that's the one thing I really want to focus on now is trying to figure out a cameraman for future years, because like with podcasting and social media, offloading stuff is, is kind of the name of the game right now, because Mm -hmm. we're realizing quickly that we can't do everything with it. And I was like, dude, it would have been so cool with how many times we got stuck in the mud, just getting back to our hunting spot um to the prep to the hanging out around the fire or in the wall tent all of that stuff at all camp i'm like it would have been amazing to have even just one guy with a camera to help document and create something out of it and so i'm going to be focusing on that next year because i don't know if you're like me i mean it sounds like you've got some experience behind a camera but in the heat of the moment that's the last thing i think about i could have had my elk on camera for sure this year but right. when you've got an elk standing up after watching it just get up out of its bed, the last thing I'm thinking is, oh, I've got two minutes to set up a tripod and a spotting scope and my phone. I'm thinking yeah. I better shoot this thing before it gets away. So yeah. to have somebody that's doing that so I don't have to be thinking about it, it's probably going to be something I focus this late season on, trying to find somebody who's able to help out in that way. Join in on that. Yeah, that's – we had a – we have a, a rule whenever we hunt. If uh, if you're the cameraman, you don't have calls and you don't have a weapon. Mm-hmm. So that's your that's your job. That's what you're focused on. And it takes some sacrifice, but at the end of the day, if you lay down some bomb footage, then the hunter is really not the important one at the yeah. end. <laughs> at oh, the for end real. Of, you know, and but it, I mean, 
you start working on like an eight, 10 minute video with any editing at all or any, um, you know, any graphics, you start, you start working on time and space and, um, you know, how you want to title things and throwing your partnerships in there too. Yeah. Eight to 10 minute video, you know, probably 25, 30 hours of work, Jeez. you know, for me, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not a killer at it. So it takes me, it takes me a little bit of work to do it, but you know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's one more thing. It's so much time involved. So you about to have, you have to have somebody who really wants to do it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like it'll be really cool, but I see the value in it because you know, everybody, everybody that I eloquent with when, when it's not on video, they're like, dude, but I remember it, but I was there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I get one shot on video and I yeah. can't tell you how many people have messaged me already. Like, Hey dude, can you send that video my way? Can you send that video yeah. my way? I'm like, it, you turn into a hero in a hurry. So <laughs> yeah. I just wish I would have yeah. been more focused on that. Cause even, even though I had filled my tag, I didn't have an active tag there anymore the entire sure. rest of the season. And I'm like, I really wish I would have, been more focused not only on getting somebody an elk but also getting it on video sure uh, and i just realized pretty quickly that's not in my dna to think that way like i have to completely retrain my thinking to like yes. get this on camera yep. whereas you have to be who, so committed to it yeah and people who start out as videographers or photographers that's all they're thinking about and the mm -hmm. hunt is secondary to it where for me the hunt is the primary objective so right Right. And I mean, it's anymore. Now the norm is we want to experience everything through our phone while we record it. And I'm never going to be that way. No. Um, you know, I've, I've had these conversations with, with my wife, my family members, you know, you sit there and you like, Oh, I want to record this ball game. So they record the ball game. And I'm like, put that damn thing down and watch the game, you know, yep. tell, tell somebody about it or let the kid tell, tell it back to you the way that they remember it. Yeah, so that, for real. You know, they're going to think about it completely different than you do. So I think there's, there's definitely a fine line and a fine balance. We got so focused on filming that it actually became um, a stressor to the hunt. At that point, I put the camera down, I put the camera down for two or three years. And now I'm like, yeah, I, could, I would comfortably pick it up. And I know, I know my limits now. You yeah. got to know your limits on what, what you're willing to sacrifice and not. So yeah, the, the in-person visual part is, it's not replaceable even, even with a camera because yeah. it's, it's going to tell a different story because a camera can't tell the emotions that you're feeling whenever you're trying to get your buddy on that elk and like coach him on, okay, look, you need to be a, no, a couple minutes higher, you're down or you're shooting up, up elevation or yeah. whatever, you know? Oh yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting. And I know just like we talked about, everything's addicting. I hear about the guys that just get so hooked on self-filming and I'm like, dang it, I can't pick up another hunting hobby. Yeah. Like they're, I'm that's, maxed that's out. That's why almost. you got the saddle. That's why you got the yeah. saddle. It's, it lightens up your load for a big camera and your, your camera arm and all that other stuff. But hey, oh, luckily exactly. now, Luckily now the camera arms are like even whenever we first started, they're a fraction of the weight and like they're ergonomic. Like I'm talking oh, yeah. a, a thigh pocket and you're good to go. I know. So, yeah. I oh gosh. It's just more I've got a good camera arm now. Of course, I got one a couple of years ago when they were still yeah. bulky. Um <laughs> but I will be breaking all of the equipment out this weekend for, for oh, their yeah. hunts and hundred percent. 
I can get it on. And luckily my wife is in that mindset, like record everything, film everything. Sure. Like, because sure. she, she does so great with content creation and making sure that everything is documented mm -hmm. uh, on video. And so that'll be nice to be out there with her. And she'll be like, is the camera on? I'll be like, oh shoot, yeah, that's right. We're out here filming. Uh, <laughs> Click. <laughs> so I think that'll be a good match out there. But uh, yeah, tonight gonna take her into the bow shop, get her all sized up, and uh, that's awesome. I'm excited for that. So that's awesome, dude. I appreciate you hopping on, man. It's good connecting yeah. with you again, and with us being local, like we're gonna have to get together and do some hunts here this fall. That'd be awesome. Sounds sounds terrible. I'm probably in. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, that'd be, that'd man. Be a blast. Uh, before I let you go, I gotta ask: if you could hunt anything, anywhere, with any equipment, what are you choosing? Hmm. Probably elk in Oregon with a bow. Probably recurve because I've heard that those are all close shots. <laughs> so, dude, just Oregon to elk. the hardest one, right? I think that's a first. I don't think I've ever had that answer before. Elk in Oregon, I and think, I've heard, think... yeah, same thing, man. Those. I bulls up there are gnarly and it's like rainforest yeah that'd be a fun hunt man i think it would be yeah yeah it's it's thick it's gnarly it's uh, yeah i think that would be a blast dang man well uh we'll have to do a podcast after you get on that hunt too yeah <laughs> if see, i make it out alive yeah see if you make it out alive see if it was everything you <laughs> hoped it would be or if you're like i'm never doing that again i'm never going back yeah <laughs> man well, dan, i appreciate you thanks for having me on absolutely man and that is going to wrap it up for today's show what an awesome episode just hearing about his early season success i mean finding a a new little honey hole that he hadn't dove far enough into yet in the past, but I love finding those spots. And it's like, from now on, he's going to know that's where he's heading or this time of year. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's an early season staging area for deer and maybe it doesn't work out in the late season, but at least he's got better Intel now moving forward. And what great success that he's had getting his family out there. That's something I'm really excited about. I've been getting gear together for opening weekend here in Missouri, and then after that we head straight to Wisconsin for rifle season there, and so we'll have just shy of two full weeks with drive time and everything to get out there, and hopefully, I mean, I could potentially get my wife, son, and daughter all at deer this year, which would mean everyone in my family gets one. I think that would be the coolest thing ever, and so I'll be packing up gear going through final checklist here over the next few days and uh, I can't wait it's gonna be a great season so if you guys are also gearing up for rifle season good luck to you hopefully you can find that buck you've been after or if you're just trying to get doe numbers in check um, hopefully you find success with that get some meat on the table all in all it's gonna be a great year for hunting and it already has so far so good luck to you and until next time always choose adventure and God bless <laughs>